Amen. Okay, guys, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, and we are going to continue our series, and our series has been on the Sermon on the Mount. We started sort of at the end of chapter 4. We went all the way through chapter 5. We are probably three quarters of the way through chapter 6. And I'm going to do a passage of scripture today, uh, starting in verse 19, so you can be ready there. And then next week, because as Pastor Liz said, we're going on, the, on this marriage uh, conference or retreat, and they, uh, Pastor Andy is going to be giving the message next week. Uh, so he is going to actually finish chapter 6, I believe, uh, is the goal next week. As the Lord leads, that's our, that's our plan. And how many of you were here last week? I know she won't want me to do this, but... Pastor Liz's message last week was really, really phenomenal, uh, tons of great feedback, and I only say that because if you weren't here, I just want to encourage you that we do have Spotify, you know, we've got all the places where you could listen to the messages, uh, we, have, we have stuff out there, so if you want to go to our website, you can go to Spotify, all the places, Sid will know where they all are, but you find it, it's out there, under. just look up ECF Church. Uh, and it just really is good. And what we were focusing on and what she was sort of closing out is the passage of scripture on prayer. And we just have this, as your leadership this year, we just have this sense of for us to pray this year like our lives depended on it. Pray like our lives depended on it. Because they do. Because they do. And I think too often, and we're not going to go back through the whole portion of the series on the prayer, but so often, you know, we say prayers and we think nothing happens or it wasn't working and then we just stop praying those. But God is encouraging us to continue to pray those prayers, continue to reach out, continue to tether ourselves to Jesus uh, and just trust in him. So I'm going to go into the next passage of, of scripture here. And my title for the message, which is why you'll see why I have on the jersey and I have the football, is whose team are you on? Whose team are you on? And of course, it's not Super Bowl Sunday, and this would be you know, very appropriate for Super Bowl Sunday. That's next week. I got it. So I wore my softball jersey, because I am proud to be on this team. Men, fellow, fellow softball teammates from, from church, I am proud to be on this team, and I align myself with this team. And when there's a game going on, I'm cheering for my team. I'm putting forth the effort for my team. I'm engaged and involved and wanting my team. And I'm passionate about my team. I'm saying, put me in, coach. I also help coach, so put myself in sometimes. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. I want to be on this team. And, you know, with the Super Bowl, obviously Super Bowl is coming up. Uh, if you didn't know, of course, next Sunday is the Super Bowl. And I realize if you think of the Super Bowl, you think of any two teams that are playing each other, there are people on both rooting for both teams. There will be 49er fans and there will be Chief fans. And they'll be going back and forth. And I know there's a few of us in here who are 49er fans. I don't see the Fromnecks. They are. But outside of that, I, you know, mostly everyone's either Steelers or Browns or Bills or Packers fans or Eagles fans. Okay, so I don't have my Eagles jersey on today. But you go and you watch a stadium and you see how people are interacting and, you know, you go to a Penn State football game, wherever, but you've got these fans that are cheering for their team. They're involved in their team. They're hoping for their team. And this passage of scripture that we're going to look at, it's talking about, really, there's two different teams that are out there playing. And what team are you going to align yourself with? 
What team are you going to support? What team are you going to be a part of? And Jesus walks through the Sermon on the Mount. He begins to talk about these two different teams and what they look like and about where we store our treasures and where we invest our time and our efforts and what does that look like. And he ends with sort of this question, um, really, you, can, you can't serve two masters. So which one are you going to serve? So let's look at this, uh, let's look at this portion of Scripture, starting in verse 19. This portion is sort of laying up treasures in heaven. It says this, Do not lay up treasures, do not lay for yourself treasures on earth. So don't lay up treasures on earth. I'll talk about what that means here in a minute. Where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves can't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so Jesus is calling out here saying, basically, and this whole Sermon on the Mount is a really a reflection of where your heart is. It's just, it really ends up, because we can do a lot of things. We can say that we're cheering for the right team or the wrong team or the winning team or the losing team, but God knows our hearts. And you could be one of the biggest financial givers and do it grudgingly and feeling out of necessity and all this, and God sees that and he knows that. What God does is he is the one who looks at the heart. He's always looking at our heart. And so this whole portion of scripture talking about laying up treasures in earth or on heaven. What is it? So I ask myself first, what is a treasure? What's a treasure? Well, it's something valuable. It's a valuable object. It's something important. How many of you know that our finances and our time and our effort are important? Those are very much treasures that God has blessed us with. He has given us time. He has given us, it all comes from him. He's given us finance. He's given us our ability to have attention and focus. These are treasures. These are things that are important to us. And this passage of scripture says a couple things. One, it says, the treasures you store on earth will pass away. And I'm going to read a scripture out of Proverbs 23. It's not up there, but let me just read it to you. It says, I love this. Do not overwork to be rich. You could, you could read Proverbs and you could stop at like every line item and just like sit there for a week. Do not overwork to be rich. Whoa, okay. Uh, because of your own understanding, cease. <laughs> and verse 5 says, Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly will make themselves wings and they will fly away like an eagle towards heaven. Do you know, and you know, fast forward to the end of the book, uh, you know, when Jesus returns and he sets up his kingdom in the thousand-year reign, and then he basically creates all things new, everything that we see and touch and feel, and that wonderful Honda Pilot that I really, really like so, 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 so much is going to be done. Over. The house that I live in. I love that house. I put time and effort into that house. But what God is saying, or what Jesus is speaking about here, is all the things that we see, all the things that we touch. Oh, this beautiful padded chair right here. I love those chairs in here. 
I could sit here for hours and feel so comfortable. All the things that we see and touch and feel, God is saying at the end of the day, fast forward to the end of the book, when he comes back and he reigns and he sets himself up and the kingdom of heavens come together and on earth and we're all together, this stuff is gone. This stuff is no longer. And so as, a, as human beings, as flesh, yes, money is important and our house is important and our car is important. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we don't need those things because we do. But what happens is, is our focus and our attention becomes on them. I always give the funny example, you know, when my, when my car light, my low tire pressure goes off, right? The light blinks on in my car and I'm just like, What? And my, it just takes my attention and my focus and it puts it on this earthly thing. Yes, i got to go get that fixed. Absolutely. But what happens is, is God is looking as to where is our attention? Where is our focus? And a little, little trick that I kind of do in my own heart, how I know where my focus is, is a simple one. You can try this too. Uh, when you drive by the gas station and the gas price went up five cents, what's your response? Come on, I can't believe it. This government, this, that, this, that, and we start in our, our focus and our attention, and that's just a funny example, but we all sort of do it, right? Our focus and our attention is on what? Not on God, not, oh God, thank you, maybe you do this, God bless you if you do. But when the gas price goes, oh God, thank you, Lord, you have given me all the money that I need. You will provide for me. I don't have to worry about gas prices. I don't have to worry about my car. Thank you, Jesus. You can make that gas price 20 bucks a gallon. God will still provide for me to get gas. Right? Now that is, a that is two different stories of driving past that gas station. Right? Two different ones. And this is what Jesus is saying is, it's not that gas is bad, not that cars are bad, not that your house is bad, but where is your attention and focus? Where are you placing this importance in your life? All the material things that we see, they're temporary. They're temporary. And what's interesting is, is Jesus follows this passage of Scripture with the do not worry passage of Scripture. So Pastor Andy's going to get that in, you know, get into that next week because you're just like, well, wait a second, but wait a second, but my bank account, but the gas prices are going up. What do you want me to do about it? And bup, 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 bup. do not worry. So first Jesus is asking us, hey, take a little bit of an inventory of where your heart is at and then do not worry. So we're talking this, this week, we're talking a little bit about this inventory of where our heart really, where is our focus? Where is our attention? The treasures you store in heaven will last forever. The treasures you store in heaven will last forever. This is what Jesus is saying. So I'm like, well, last time I checked, I can't Venmo heaven. Right? I'm just like, well, what about, can I make a deposit somewhere? Is there like the bank of God somewhere that I can just, you know pull out my phone, get the app out, you know, just transfer a quick ACH transaction. Maybe on a weekly basis, set up reoccurring. What if I could set up reoccurring and I could just get treasures in heaven automatically coming out of my account every single week? Like, so what does this, what does this mean? How do you store treasures in heaven? And so, I, I love my children. They're not in here either, the two that are, are storing children. We don't call them hoarders. Uh, they are, they are, they're collectors. 
So two of my, two of my little girls, uh, I won't mention their names, but they're blonde hair and they're the younger ones. Uh, they, they love to collect things. They love to collect treasures. And they see something on the ground, they're like, oh, look at this. And they get it and they bring it home and they have it and they put it in a, they put it in a box and it literally was somebody else's garbage that they were trying to get rid of. And it probably blew out of the garbage can, but they have it. And it's like this treasure for them. And they're storing up these treasures. And I'm like, Lord, I want to store up treasures in heaven. And if I can't make a bank account deposit, how does this actually work? Well, really, we have to realize that when we store something in heaven, these treasures in heaven, it's an eternal it is when we invest in something eternal. That is how we store up treasures in heaven. When we invest in something that's eternal. And you say, well, Pastor Jason, what's eternal? You told me the chair is not eternal. You told me my Honda Pilot's not eternal. You told me my house isn't eternal. What's eternal? People. We are human beings and we are spirits. We are a spirit being that lasts for eternity. Our spirit will go on for all of eternity. Yes, I have a soul. I have my mind, my will, my emotions. And yes, I live in a body. Thank you very much. One wearing a jersey today. I live in this body, but I, my spirit, who I truly am, you, who you truly are, are eternal. And so for us as a church, as those who believe and want to follow the works of Jesus, and what he's saying is here is we have to invest in people. We have to invest in sharing our testimony. We have to invest in the salvation of others. We have to invest in encouraging somebody else. These things last forever, and they are treasures that are stored in heaven. And you can't, and you can't go check your account balance. I wish you could, like, Lord, you know, you want to open up your app, go into your Chase app, you know, face, face recognition, which is wonderful. And somebody asked me today, like, should I get, or I don't know who it was, one of my kids was like, should I do face, face recognition on my phone or not? Like, babe, I love you, girl. They already know what you look like. And it's a sad state, but it's true. Huh? Yeah, whoever they are. I don't know who they are. But they already know. I mean, I go on my phone and it says, hey, find pictures of Lila. How do they know who Lila is? But there's all the pictures of Lila. So people already know who Lila is. So she does face... Anyway, totally different thing. I'm not going to get into all the conspiracy theory stuff. What I'm saying is I can't go on my phone and check my bank account of my treasures in heaven. All I can do is what can I do today? What can I do that's right in front of me? I can't worry about what I did in the past and oh, if I would have only. Oh, if I would have only. If I'd only sent that encouraging text. Lord told me to tell him something and I didn't and look what happened. And you can go on and on and live in the past or you can be like, someday in the future I'm going to encourage someone. Someday, you know, maybe a year from now. Maybe when I get everything perfect. You know, maybe when I, when I read my Bible just enough, when I say the right prayer, then I'll feel good enough to be able to. It's, it's not about feeling good enough. God is encouraging us. Jesus is telling us to invest in people. Invest in heaven by encouraging others, by sharing our gospel, by forgiving someone. These are, these are investments in heaven. These are eternal things. Giving to the poor, giving generously, fostering a child. These are eternal things that we were doing. 
A few weeks ago, uh, I, I referenced, maybe it was at Christmas Eve, I referenced the, the church van, church school van story, uh, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing again today, uh, but we were driving back home from Lancaster two summers ago, I think it is now, and apparently, long story short, one of the tires was about to fall off of the van, and it was in a rainstorm, and I was having trouble controlling the van. All 10 of us were in the, in the van at this one, one time. And I think I told you guys, this guy comes up next to us. And, and I don't know if he was an angel or not, but he's yelling at us to, you know, pull off the road, pull off the road, because he saw the tire nearly about to fall off. And who knows what would have happened. You know, God is always good. He is faithful. But this guy, this act, doing something in the moment, I am telling you that God saw that, and that guy put a treasure in heaven that day. He put a treasure in heaven that day. And I can tell you, he probably didn't even know or doesn't even understand how much. And I don't think we ever get a chance to know that until we get to heaven. There are people, as you think, you know, Billy Graham, the great evangelist, and he won so many souls to Jesus. And I can't imagine all of the things and the people and, and all those who are in heaven because of him. That's Billy Graham, and that was his calling on his life. Do you know that you can have the same amount of effect on the same number of people by just you doing what God is telling you to go do and encouraging somebody and investing today, this afternoon, into a treasure in heaven? Because what this guy did, uh, this guy may have saved all ten of our lives. Do you know that God's calling that he has on all of my children, these eight, and then there are however many kids on average four each, so I can have 32 grandchildren minimum those 30 some grandkids and then the next round and you talk about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people being reached for Jesus and this guy did this very simple thing that was the right thing to go do and he helped us and so these treasures in heaven aren't like this standing on the stage like I am. Oh, like Pastor Jason, I can't, you know, get up and preach, you know, at the pulpit like you and, and give a gospel message like you. Oh, but you can. Not up here, but you can in your daily life. And you can share your testimony. And you can forgive someone. And you can help someone. And all of those little things that you're doing are storing up treasures in heaven. That's the team that I want to play for. That's the team that I want to play for. The Bible says, your heart follows your treasure. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So if we treasure earthly things, our heart is focused on those. But when we treasure heavenly things, our heart is focused there. The next portion of the scripture says, the lamp of the body. So starting in verse 22, let me read this. It says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And here, you know, that first passage of scripture, Jesus was talking really about our, our money and our time and our, and, and our energy. But this here, I believe he's talking truly about our focus, our attention. Our eyes are symbolic of our heart. It says in Psalm 119, with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. And I believe Jesus is asking us in the scripture, what are you looking at? Where are you putting your hope? Where are you putting your attention? Where are you putting your focus? 
And I can tell you there are some easy ways to take some even personal inventory of where you're spending your time. And my phone actually gives me a screen time report. I don't know about you. But gives me a screen time report. You know when that does it? Sunday morning right before service. I need to change the time when that comes. Because when it pops up, you know, this week was an average of four hours and 19 minutes per day on my phone. And I was like, what? Are you, four hours of my life, every single day I was doing something on my phone? Now, I went back, I said, I, had to, I need to know what's going on here. So, you know, it was messages, it was mail, it was, you know, Spotify, it was Hoopla, whatever it was. It didn't really necessarily matter, but it was like this, this test to see where is my focus? Where is my attention? And what am I doing differently to be able to begin to change where my attention goes? I've talked about this before, about putting my phone in the garage before I walk into the house. I've stopped, I haven't been doing that recently, and maybe I need to start doing it again. Because our eyes are symbolic of our heart. When our heart is focused on God, your path is clear. When your heart is focused on God, your path is clear. I don't have this up. Psalm 119, 105 says, the word, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So when my heart is focused on the things of the Lord, on kingdom stuff, on eternal things, when that is where my heart is focused, my path is clear. But I can tell you, if I would watch, I'll call it out, Fox News for two and a half hours, and then get on Instagram for an hour and a half, and then go back to maybe check Twitter or something else, or X, and do all these things, and then something happens in my life, where do you think my attention and focus is going to be on? Do you think my faith is going to be built up and be like, oh, Lord, you got this. We're, I mean, maybe you can do that. God bless you, if you can. But for me, I, if I am feeding my eyes, talking about our eyes, if what I am looking at, where my attention focuses on this world, and not on God, and not on his kingdom, what happens is, is when we walk like that, we walk in darkness. So when our heart is focused on the world, you walk in darkness, in confusion. Because the opposite begins to happen. When our attention is focused on this world, and the things of this world, look, there's, there's nothing wrong with politics, there's, there's an election coming up, and we understand that. But if that is our focus, if, if your hope is in what happens in November of this year, your hope is in the wrong place. If you are just like, you know what? You know, if, if Trump would just win, everything's going to be different. What planet are you living on? Okay, that is not, I mean, yes, there's are important things here and there, depending on who gets elected, I get that. But if that is our focus, if that is our sole attention, and a God calls people to that, I get that. But what happens is, is when our focus is on that, we begin to walk in darkness and confusion. When our focus is in the Lord and on the Lord and the things of his kingdom and the people who are right in front of us and we're adding up treasures to our children and to our family and to our neighbors and to those who we see in the grocery store, when our attention is on him, our path is clear. And it's interesting because I believe, you know, media, their goal is to have you do more of it. I don't know if you noticed that or not. But they figure out what can addict you to watching more of it. And don't, I, you can't tell me Fox News isn't any different. 
You know, they, they bring these big things out, and, or CNN, whatever you watch. You know, they bring these things out to get, oh, coming up next in three minutes after the commercial, you know, the most wild things, end of the world stuff, that you're like, oh my gosh, I better keep watching. And they just, they try to suck you in to watching more and more. But it's just worldly things. It's worldly things, and, and it's not bad to watch it, but we have to be careful. If our attention is on it too much, our minds begin to get cluttered in darkness and confusion because this is the only thing that we're focused on. And Jesus is warning us here and showing us that we have to keep our eyes focused on the kingdom of God. And I will tell you this, is this you can't do this alone. <laughs> You can't do this alone. You need help from friends. You need help from the church. You need help from the Holy Spirit. Because our flesh, I mean, they know what our flesh wants. You know, I mean, you think about commercials. They know that iPhone 15 coming down from, the, from Mars, wherever it's coming, with titanium. I'm like, yeah, get me one of those things. I need that. I need that now. Right? And so these commercials, they try to bring you and suck you into that you need it, that you want it. But really, we need Jesus to help us. And we need to get our flesh in line. And we got to take our eyes off of our flesh and, our, and of our own things and say, Lord, I want to be focused today, just today, in a small way, whatever I can do to store up a treasure in heaven today. Lord, what is it? Then Jesus summarizes this in verse 24. He said, you know, he's talking about your, your money and your time and your resources and your attention in these previous verses. And now verse 24, he sort of sums it up. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either you hate the one and love the other. Now he's getting real. Or else you'll be loyal to one and despise the other. Ooh, you cannot serve God and mammon. Our flesh wants to serve this world. But our hearts and our spirit and who God created us to be wants to serve him. So what does this thing mean to serve mammon? What does that even mean? Rich, so mammon is like riches, money, property. It's really the world. And to serve means to perform duty or services for that thing. And I can tell you, look, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with a, with a job promotion. There's nothing wrong with getting raises. So don't, I'm going to put that out there to start. But even in those circumstances, those situations, I would encourage you to seek the Lord and whether or not that is the job that God has for you next. And because what happens is, is we get sucked into, well, it's a 10% pay raise. It must be of God. Where does it in the Bible does it say that as long as you get a job raise of 10% or more, go ahead and take it? It doesn't say that. We have to be, we are spirit beings. We have to be led by the spirit. We have to say, Lord, I, I don't want to serve the world. I don't, I don't want to do this just because it's more money. Because God may say, uh-uh, that's not what I have for you. I've got a better job in store. Just hold on a little bit longer. Or I have you right where you need to be. Don't worry about money. I will continue to provide. Just because the gas price went up and you're driving by going, is it really? For what? Right? We have to be of his kingdom and seek him. And we need the Holy Spirit's help. Because our flesh is like, I'm getting a raise. God might be like, no, 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 no. That's not what I have for you. That's not the best thing I have for you. You know, a lot of you know our story, our testimony, where we walked away 
from a fantastic job at a local company at GE, it's now Wabtec, and there was this, this promise of millions and millions of dollars and all of this stuff and all these stock options and all these other things. But God had another story. God had a different plan. And when we choose his plan, even though it's difficult, even though it is hard sometimes, even though there is some suffering that happens in the midst of it, when we're walking out God's plan, we are exactly where he wants us to be. When our eyes are focused on God, what do you want? What does your kingdom have for me today? What do you want me to go do? And the Lord had told us when we walked away from that job, do not worry about money. Do not worry about money, and you will lack no good thing. And I can tell you today, the Lord has blessed us. Now, we don't have millions and millions of dollars. But I don't need millions and millions of dollars. I have what I need for today. I have my family. And when we left, we had how many kids? Uh, four. Four. We doubled that. There you go. There's blessings. I tell you, if I was still working at GE, there wouldn't be eight children in the Ackerman family. Because there was no time for that. Because I was doing that verse earlier. Wait, what was I doing? Hold on. Let me go back to that verse. Y'all go back and write that down. Proverbs 23, 4. Do not overwork to be rich. Whew, I was in that boat. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to put the 70, 80, 90 hours. Let's go. Let's get promoted. More money. But that's not God's kingdom. I was investing in treasures of this earth that a bank account that I wouldn't be able to walk away with when I leave this earth. Hmm. We have to get our attention on his kingdom and where he's at. Cannot serve two masters. Your heart can only be fully devoted to one. And we think about the Super Bowl coming up. And, you know, if you go to a Super Bowl, and what, what Jesus is saying and what he's talking about here is that you have to pick the team in which you're pledging your allegiance to. You have to decide it. If you're here today and you've never decided to be in God's kingdom and his family, well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And you got to get on the team first, and then you begin to be on the team and work on the team and work with the team. You cannot serve two masters. And Jesus knows there's this, I mean, everybody saw last, last year at the Super Bowl, uh, the Kelsey brothers were in it, and the mom had a jersey on that was split right down the middle, right? There was Eagles jersey on one side, Kansas City jersey on the other. That's what it's like. You can't do both. You can't do both, church. Jesus is calling us out on it. You can't be like, well, I'm just going to be in the world, and I'm going to worry about all the things of the world, be over the world, but yeah, I'm also concerned about spiritual things over here. And it, what, what Jesus is saying is you have to pick the team that you're on. Yes, we live in the world. Yes, we have to work. Yes, we have jobs and cars and all those things, but that cannot be everything that has our attention and our focus. We cannot serve both God and money or both God and this world. So how do we do it? Thank you, Pastor Jason. It's great. I got you. But what am I supposed to do about this? Ephesians 3.15. How do we do it? See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. The days are evil. If we don't do something different, the day is evil. The commercials will break. Ooh, there comes that iPhone 15 again. They know what I want. They know what I watch. 
Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So how do we do this? What are we supposed to go do? Number one, we got to pick, pick your team. you got to pick the team. What team are you on? Are you on God's team? I hope so. If not, today's the day. Today's the day to get on God's team. You have to pick the team that you're on. Number two, you got to reflect and take some inventory of where you're at. The only way to know where to go is to know where you are. And it doesn't mean you got to stay there. It doesn't mean you got to, you know, live in it and, and, and be upset about where you are. You just have to know where you are. So take some inventory. I don't know what that looks like for you. Where am, I, where am I spending my finances? Where am I spending my time? Am I trusting God in my relationships? Am I watching news and social media for 15 hours a day? Where am I? I don't know where you're at. I know where I'm at. And I have to reflect and take some inventory of where I am today. And then as I have to move forward, I got to begin to take the next steps. And I have to be mindful of the choices that I'm making. So I have to be mindful, we all have to be mindful each and every day of the choices that we need to make. We need to intentionally choose. Sometimes we just have to slow down and ask ourselves, why am I doing that? Why am, have you ever asked yourself that? Sometimes you're just like, what? why, why am I doing this? And ask the Lord that question. Say, Lord, show me, reveal to me by your Holy Spirit, you love me and care for me. Why am I acting this way? Why am I doing this thing? What am I avoiding? Why, why don't I want to send that encouraging? Thing? What is it? What's going on? And ask the Lord to reveal those things to you. That could be a whole other message we could get into that. So be mindful of our choices. And then this last piece is we got to invest in people. People are the treasure. That's the eternal thing. Our spirit man is our eternal thing. We want to store up treasure in heaven. We want to invest in people. We want to share the gospel. Grace, if you can come up. We want to share the gospel. We want to give to the poor. We want to be kind, even when you don't have to be. Try that on a little bit this week. Be nice to someone, even when they're not nice to you. I believe that's storing up a treasure in heaven. I really do, because I believe that over the course of time, when you continue to do that, that that person is just like, man, I'm never very kind to that person, yet they never lash out back at me. What is it? And they begin to reflect. And they may ask you. You may share your testimony. You don't know what it is. That thing that you do today, you don't know the impact that it's going to have. And Jesus is saying, pick your team. Be kingdom focused. Keep your eyes on me. And invest in my kingdom. You'll say, but, but what about, what about... And we begin to worry. Well, Pastor Andy will show you how not to worry next week. <laughs> if he wasn't, he is now. <laughs> Just bow your heads with me this morning. First question I'd ask, whose team are you on today? You may have already made a decision to receive Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior, but maybe you feel like you've been playing for the other team. Well, you're not. You're on God's team if you've made that choice. There are times in our lives, even myself included, 
where I feel like I'm not being a team player. The Lord says, I see it, I know it. I forgive you, let's move forward. So if you're here today, and that first question is, what team are you on? If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you've never took the first step to get on the team that has the eventual victory in Jesus, and you like prayer for that today, just slip your hand up this morning. I've never made that decision and I know today I want to. Okay. Let me just pray for you guys today. Your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Lord, we just come before you today. Oh, Jesus, we thank you that we can be on your team. Lord, we thank you that we have chosen your team. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to live that out each and every day. Lord, as we take inventory of our lives, as we reflect on where we're spending our time, our money, our effort, our attention, our focus, you would reveal to us, Lord, the things that we need to change, the differences that we need to do or make in our own life. And Lord, I pray that we would leave here, even today, even this afternoon, being mindful of our choices. Lord, they won't just keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, but Lord, that we would ask you, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is, am I living not for your kingdom? But are my eyes focused on the world? And Lord, reveal that to us. And Lord, help each and every one of us to know that the investments that we're making in people, in our families, in our children, in our grandkids, in our coworkers, Lord, that we would be reminded each day that we truly are storing up a treasure in heaven. That the people in our lives are not our enemy, but that we were called and created for relationship with them, to encourage, to inspire, to help, to serve. And Lord, that we would put a larger focus, <laughs> a refocus on the treasures of heaven and not the treasures of this earth. And Lord, I just pray over each family that's here today that each family would make the declaration to cry out that they would choose this day whom they will serve and that their response will be, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let me give you all the honor and the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.
Guys, as we close here today, we're going to have some small group leaders and prayer teams that are up here. If you need prayer for anything, whether it's healing, relationship, whether it's part of what you, know, what you heard in the message today, whatever it might be, uh, even as I'm talking, they're going to come up here uh, up front. So just don't hurry out. If you need prayer, please get prayer from these guys. And I'm going to read this benediction out of Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you, each and every one of you, may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. And don't forget, Wednesday night we got our prayer night, and Pastor Liz and I will be at the marriage conference, so pray for me.